This is the Answer Your Unique Calling podcast. This podcast provides tips, tools, and inspiring stories for creating clarity around your calling, opening your heart to infinite possibilities, and enabling you to have the greatest impact on the world. I'm Julian Crossenhill, a certified spiritual life coach, meditation teacher, human design specialist, and founder of Pre-Survenana. And most recently, I've joined the faculty at Starseed Academy Coach Training. It's my mission to teach and guide others in living a spiritually aligned life that answers their unique calling. Welcome, and thanks for listening. Hi, and welcome to this episode of Answer Your Unique Calling. I'm your host, Julian Crossan-Hill, and today I want to talk about human design. So human design is something that I talk about a lot on my podcast. It relates to a lot of the work that I do as a spiritual coach and as a teacher. So you might be wondering a little bit more about what is human design. And so today I want to kind of talk about at a very high level, what is human design? And in particular, I'm going to be talking from my particular experience of human design, what I feel human design is and does and even more importantly, what human design isn't. Because I think there's a lot of people talking about human design in a way that isn't the most empowering and isn't the way that I like to really look at human design. So this is all my sort of approach to human design. This isn't an official human design viewpoint. This is just my particular way of looking at human design and setting human design into the context of all the different modalities that are out there to help us live more authentic, more fulfilling lives. So human design, in 1987, there was a supernova. And if you're not familiar with a supernova, a supernova is basically the death of a star. It's an exploding star. And during that time, there was a a man that lived on the island of Ibiza, and he returned home to find a bright light in his home. And when he walked through the door of his home, he felt, he said he, it was described as being hit by electricity or a lightning bolt. It was a, a surge of energy. And for several days, he heard a voice that, he's, that was simply known as the voice. And the voice revealed the human design system. So the human design system is a system that uses astrology, Kabbalah, the I Ching and the chakra system to sort of explain the energetic blueprint of your physical form. It's how your energy operates. It's the circuitry of your energetic body and sort of helps you understand how you're sort of wired at a very energetic level. So this person changed their name to Ra Uruhu and started to teach the human design system. And the human design system uses basically two astrological calculations. So using your birth date and time and place, just like an astrological chart, human design looks at your birth, birth the the birth placement of all of your planets, all the planets and celestial bodies. And that birth placement is called your personality design or your, your conscious design. And then human design calculates 88 days back. And it calls this your unconscious or your design. And this 88 days is roughly when the human neocortex starts to come online in utero. And in human design, it's basically when 
the personality or the spark of consciousness that forms who you are consciously at a personality level is drawn into the body. So in human design, you have this chart, and one of the concepts of human design is that in 1781, humans underwent an evolution, and we became nine-centered beings instead of the seven traditional chakras. Basically, two of those chakras split, and we're now nine-centered beings. So human design teaches us how to sort of understand our energetic design. And human design is very concerned with what they call conditioning. And conditioning is anything that pulls us away from who we are at our core. Pulls anything that pulls us away from who we truly are, who are, pulls us away from our authenticity. So this can be things in human design. There's, there's what we call energetic conditioning, which is when you're interacting with another person and the energy of their design and the energy of your design are interacting. And then there's all the other forms of conditioning that we sort of experience, whether we're looking at it through a human design lens or not, right? We experience conditioning from the way we were raised by our parents, by our parents' particular habits and viewpoints and beliefs and thoughts about the world. We're conditioned by our, our social class, by what race we are. Systemic racism certainly has an effect on conditioning people in a certain way. Our economic class conditions us. There's generational energetic patterns in families that condition us. There's conditioning from our past lives. There's all these different forms of conditioning that sort of pull us away from who we really are. And so for human design, it's really about getting in touch with our most authentic expression and sort of releasing that conditioning to be who we were really meant to be. So human design has what we call the gates. There are 64 gates corresponding with the 64 hexagrams of the I Ching. And these gates are arranged around a wheel similar to the astrological chart. And as the planets move, they illuminate these gates. And these gates are what these, which planets and star and, and celestial bodies are in various gates is what makes up our human design body graph or the, the sort of map of our energetic circuitry of our body. So human design, as a practitioner, I use human design for a few things. And there's really four things that I think human design does really well. And one of them obviously is, you know, really getting us in touch with what energy is mine? What is what is my authentic energy? What is my authentic expression of my own energy? And what is conditioning? It helps us really get in tune with where are we getting pulled away from who we really are? And so human design can be a powerful tool for this, particularly if we struggle to show up in an authentic way, if we feel that we're always doing things because we should do them or because it's expected of us to do them, then we're really, that's really a, a, a sign that we're heavily conditioned and that it's time to really start getting in touch with the more authentic parts of ourselves and, and how we want to express ourselves more authentically. And human design can very much help do this. The other thing that human design does is really helps us in choosing our actions, what we want to do, what we want to create in the world, human design helps us align with divine timing so that we can do those things in the most optimal timing to have success at them. 
to manifest and create what we want to create in our life. We need to do it in alignment with divine timing and human design helps us do that. There's mechanisms in human design in the form of strategy and authority to very important concepts in human design that help us really align our actions with that divine timing. Human design also helps us really understand what is the personal narrative or personal story that I'm telling myself. Each of us has a personal narrative. We each have a personal story. If you really just look at how you view the world, if you start to write about, you know, looking back to your childhood, how was I when I was growing up? How did I view things? And how did that change over time? And how do I view things now? What do I believe about the world? What do I believe about myself? How do I think things work in this world? And how do I think I work? How do I think my optimum way of being is? And when we look at that personal narrative, all of that forms our personal narrative. And if we think about the quantum field being all around us, and in the quantum field, of course, there's unlimited possibility. Anything can happen, and all these possibilities are actually happening simultaneously. And when we choose one of those possibilities when we observe it, the wave, the probability wave in the quantum field collapses and we, and we create reality. We create that reality that we're observing. So what happens is that our personal narrative sort of sits between us and that quantum field and it acts like a filter. So if we have a very narrow personal narrative, if we believe that certain thing, only certain things are possible for us, if we believe that certain things we can't do, we don't have that ability. For instance, you know, maybe we believe I'm not creative, or maybe we believe I'm not talented, or I don't learn quickly. Any of these things are part of our personal narrative and they act as a filter between us and the quantum field. And so when we're looking out into the quantum field to decide what we what possibility out there we wanna observe so that we can collapse that probability wave into a reality, that personal narrative filters it so that we can't even see those possibilities. If you believe that you're not creative, all those possibilities of making art that are out there in the quantum field for you, you'll never see them you won't be aware of them and you won't be able to create them because your personal narrative is in the way. So human design can really help us get become aware of that personal narrative and give us tools to begin rewriting it, which is the really exciting part of it. Once we rewrite that story, we write a more expansive narrative. Maybe it's a narrative where we are creative where we can learn quickly, where we can do these things. And once that narrative becomes more expansive, suddenly a much wider array of possibilities out in the quantum field becomes available to us. And so that's one of the most exciting aspects to human design for me is the ability to create that more expansive narrative that allows us to see all of those other possibilities that weren't there before. So that's a very, very exciting aspect of human design. So human design, I always say that it sort of answers all the all the important like questions. If you, if you ever took a journalism class in school, remember, they taught you the, the who, the what, the where, when, how, why, little bit. 
Um, so there were all those sort of important questions that, that, that needed to be asked, right? And human design helps us answer a lot of those for ourselves. So for instance, our type and our strategy really tell us a little bit about the what and when. When we're trying to decide what to do in a situation, our strategy and our authority are going to help us sort of filter and sort through all the different options that we have to determine which one feels most aligned for us. And then to an even greater extent, our authority is going to sort of help us figure out the when of it as well. So those two help us decide the what and the when of what we're going to do, of, of what action might we take, what, what thing might we create. And so they sort of answer those two questions for us. And then the profile in human design, which deals a lot with what is our personal karma in this lifetime? What are, what are the lessons that we're here to learn? And in particular, how are we meant to learn those lessons as well? You know, are, they, are we learning them personally through our own personal experience? Or are we learning them in an interpersonal way through the, our relationships with other people? And so our profile in human design tells us, you know, how we're going to go about learning those things. So our profile answers a lot of the how and a little bit of the why of what we're doing as well. So human design really helps us sort of answer all of those important questions, what, when, how, why. And so it's really helpful as a tool. One of the things about human design is a lot of, there's a lot of approaches to human design that I don't necessarily agree with. So I want to talk a little bit about, from my personal perspective, what human design isn't, because I think that can sometimes be almost as informative as talking about what human design is. So human design, first of all, isn't a set of rules. Some people treat human design as this sort of dogmatic approach that, you know, if you're this certain type, you have to do things this way. You have to do this, you have to do that. You can't do this, you can't do that. And it's a very mental, dogmatic set of rules that it goes into this sort of thinking around human design. And I don't really view human design that way. So Karen Curry Parker, who's the creator of quantum human design, says, you are all of the chart. And what she means when she says that is this, the whole human design chart, like astrology, if you think about the astrological signs and all the aspects of astrology, they're just archetypes. And if you're not familiar with, with the concept of archetypes, archetypes really sort of come from Jungian analysis, which is a, a branch of psychology invented by Carl Jung. And in this sort of approach, there's this idea of a collective unconsciousness that human beings, in their, our imagination, in our mythology, in our dreams, there are certain themes that recur for all of us because we share this sort of collective unconscious. And of course, if you look at comparative religion around the world, there are recurring themes. There are recurring um, deities or heroes that are very, very similar between very disparate cultures. And so Jung called these the archetypes. They're these archetypal forces that represent these repeating themes that, that occur and are interwoven in the collective consciousness of humankind. And so 
human design is just a really a series of archetypes. And when Karen says that you are all of the chart, what she means is that we all have access to all of those archetypes, regardless of our design. If you have a gate defined or not defined, it doesn't matter. That is That gate is an archetype. Now, based on the definition in your chart, you're going to experience that archetype differently. If you have it defined, it's going to be a very consistent experience. You're going to approach that archetype in a very similar way every time. And if it's undefined, it's going to be a lot more variable. It's going to be a lot different. But you still have access to that archetype. You still have access to the wisdom and the learning and everything that can be gained from interacting with that archetype. It's not unavailable to you. It doesn't, human design doesn't tell you who you're not. It doesn't tell you who you are, really. It tells it helps you understand who you are more. It's a tool in the way that it helps you act as a mirror for you to understand yourself better, but it doesn't tell you who you are. And so in that regard, human design, I think a lot of people approach human design from a very intellectual point of view. They approach human design as something that they need to learn and understand and study and a set of rules that once they memorize them, they do they follow these rules and it's going to suddenly make everything in life work for them. And that's really not how human design works. And I think that's a great misunderstanding about human design. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people presenting human design in that way, in a very dry, rule-based way that doesn't really serve people. So Ra, Ra himself said that human there was an it was an experiment of living your design. And what that means is that you're given that design to use as a tool for your own self-discovery, and you need to experiment with it. You need to try things out. You need to find what works for you. So, you know, two different generators are going to experience that design very differently. And there's going to be similarities, of course, because again, we're talking about archetypes. A generator is an archetype. It's an archetype of a particular energetic template that those people are holding. They're going to experience it slightly differently, though, and they're going to need to experiment with it. I often hear people bemoan a little bit of what their type is. Like, oh, I'm a generator. I can't, I can't create anything new. No, that's not true. You're a generator, which means that your strategy is wait to respond. You need to respond to life happening around you. But it doesn't mean that you can't create anything new. Respond to something, then create it. And, you know, and honestly, if, if your type is giving you difficulty, if you are struggling to follow your strategy, you're meant to experiment with your design. Try doing it another way. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, come back to your strategy and try it again. Maybe you find that for some things, some small stuff, your strategy doesn't matter as much, but for the big stuff, it does. That's what living your design means. It means living your design in an experimental way, trying things out, seeing what works, being conscious of your design and how your design acts as a mirror for you to understand yourself. What am I doing well? What am I not doing well? Where am I not being authentic? 
what are my what are my some of my hidden skills where where are my beliefs limiting my possibilities by constraining my personal narrative all of these things are what human design is a tool to help you discover but the discovery that's the journey you have to take and the work that you have to do human design can't just hand it to you by giving you a set of rules or a set of guidelines the other thing i want to sort of say about human design and this whole idea of living your design, one of the most beautiful aspects I think of human design is in that self-discovery, in using human design as a tool to really discover who we are, discover what is authentic for us and what is special and unique about us because that's really what human design is about. It's called the science of differentiation and that's because human design celebrates the fact that we're different. We're unique. We're not supposed to copy each other. We're not supposed to all be clones of one another. And I know social media in particular can really push a lot of us to try to conform and do what everyone else is doing and particularly as soulpreneurs or spirituality-based business people, we see someone else being really successful with whatever strategy they're doing on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram, and we try to copy it. We try to model after it. And you know, one of the beautiful things about human design is it really shows us that we shouldn't be worried about what the other person is doing because we're unique and we're different and that should be celebrated. That is one of the most powerful gifts that we've been given is our individuality. And by really leveraging that, we can build our own successful business without doing what everyone else is doing. And I think one of the other aspects of human design that it really helps you discover is that sometimes we have this false belief that a way that we're being is actually a defect, that there's something wrong with us, that we're broken in some way because of something that we do or the way we think or something about us and human design and then human design comes along you learn about your design and you actually find out that this is not a defect it's not you're not broken there's nothing wrong with you and that this is actually a gift it's actually a superpower so my own story kind of fits here is i've always been interested in a lot of things and i've always started way more projects than i finish i can tell you i I'm always pursuing new interests, always pursuing new hobbies. I'm a multitasker. I'm always doing two or three things at once. And for a long time, I thought that this was something wrong with me, that I had the that I didn't have the ability to focus, that I might be ADD or just couldn't focus and couldn't commit to finishing things and that this was really something wrong with me. And when I first studied human design and learned I was a manifesting generator, It was really liberating to learn that in my human design, I'm actually designed to work this way. I'm actually designed to multitask. I'm designed to have a lot of interests and pursue a lot of things at once. And I'm also designed to sometimes not finish everything that I start because I'm going through working at such a quick pace energetically and I'm pursuing so many things that of course, some things are going to fall by the wayside, and it's part of my design. And once I understood that from the human design perspective, I really began to appreciate that aspect of myself. And as a result, I found 
I stopped worrying about how focused I was or wasn't. And it turns out you know, I have great focus when I'm engaged in something. It's just I had believed for so long that this multi-passionate sort of approach of mine of, of being involved, wanting to do so many things and doing multiple things at once was a defect. And once I gave up with that idea that it was a defect, it actually has turned out to be a powerful strength. So if you're new to human design, I think that you will find human design can be a really wonderful tool for you, but it's not a quick fix. It's not a guidebook that's going to tell you what to do with your life or how to fix your life. It's simply another tool to help you discover your most authentic core self and all the beautiful, wonderful, unique things about yourself. You can learn more about human design on my website and I do offer human design consultations, which you can book online as well with me. You can also find a lot of online resources for human design. I hope that this has helped put human design in a bigger perspective for you and perhaps cleared up some of the myths around human design and maybe some of the ideas that you might, may have had about human design, about what it is and what it isn't. Next, on my next episode, I'm going to be addressing specifically people's questions about human design. So if you've been a listener for a while or you've listened to this episode and you want to know more about human design or you have a specific question about human design that you'd love me to answer, I'm going to be taking those questions and answering them in my next episode. So you can go to my website and hit my contact form, send me your questions. You can also DM me on Instagram, on Facebook, hit my YouTube channel, email me, however you want to get your question to me, send me your human design questions. And for episode 25, I'm going to address all of the human design questions that have been sent in and just have a, have a good all-around episode, all things human design, answering your questions. I'm looking forward to getting your questions. Bright blessings. This has been the Answer Your Unique Calling podcast with your host, Julian Crossan-Hill, produced by Priest of Inanna, LLC. You can find us on priestofinanna.com. That's priestofinanna, I-N-A-N-N-A.com, or on Instagram at priestofinanna.